This is The Matt Report, the voice of WordPress entrepreneurship. If you're running a WordPress freelance business selling themes, plugins, or client services, this is the place for you. Learn more at mattreport.com and subscribe at mattreport.com slash subscribe. And now, on to the show. Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Matt Report, and happy 4th of July for those of you in the U.S. uh, taking the week off and enjoying some summertime vacation. Uh, I'll be taking the week, uh, end of the week off anyway, and this is going to be a different uh, change up on the Matt Report. This is uh, the next episode coming up now is an episode that I recorded with Kristen Juddle about two or three weeks ago in a webinar we called the Startup Platform, and Kristen and I joined forces to sort of share our expertise, my side of it coming from running the agency and working with designers, developers, planning a project, that kind of thing. And then her expertise is about uh, the content creation, the planning for content, headlines, call to actions, and all that fun stuff. So if you're in the middle of a project or you are somebody who consults with uh, customers, like many of you are in the audience, it's going to be a great episode for you. And uh, you might have watched it live, but this is the recording, so you get to tune into that again uh, on your iPhones or Android phones, however you listen to the show, uh, while you're enjoying your your little vacation out at the beach or cutting the grass or whatever you're going to do this week uh, with your time off. Uh, as always, mattreport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. Tell your friends, family, and f- uh, other colleagues that are in the WordPress space uh, to tune in, listen in, and uh, maybe they'll get hooked like the rest of you are. And if you want to keep the show ad-free, mattreport.com slash join. Join the pro membership. It's like support for your WordPress or consultancy business. Uh, you join in. You get access to the member-only section where there's private forums, special content, and all that fun stuff. Uh, for you to access and, and, and ask your questions, which is most important. And then every month we'll do a mastermind call and sort of get together and set some goals and see what people are working on to help us uh, get to the next level. So thanks a lot. And without further ado, let's get on to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Website Bootcamp. Build a better WordPress website and copy in one hour. It's not sweating to the oldies. It's like plyometrics and crossfitting all at once. Uh, joined by Kristen Juddle. Uh, and of course, myself, Matt Madaris. We're going to teach you uh, how to get your content and copy a little bit better, and your website not to suck. Um, who are we? What do we do? Again, I'm Matt Madaris. I run the Matt Report podcast, and I run a WordPress design and development agency just outside of Boston. And Kristen, you're in Boston. Tell us who you are. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm Kristen Juddle. Um, I'm located right in Boston. I'm the founder of Katie Media, which is a digital marketing agency. Uh, we work with a lot of VC-backed startups, helping them to build up their digital marketing platform. Awesome. If you guys are just watching, uh, just tuning in now, you're on the Google Events page, go ahead and click into the video. You can actually uh, post your questions into the live Q&A box, which is right on the right-hand side. Kristen and I will see those questions and try to answer those as we go along. Uh, and if you're on Twitter, uh, you can use hashtag startup platform uh, to follow the conversation. Um, what we're going to learn today, well, we're going to learn a little bit about planning. It all starts with planning, right? Yeah, every, every good uh, exercise starts with some kind of goal planning in mind uh, for your content and your platform. I'm going to de- dive deep, or Kristen's going to dive deep because she's the expert uh, on content. Going to teach us how to do that a little bit better. And of course, I'm going to talk about why WordPress because I wouldn't let you use any other platform but WordPress. Uh, it is against all rules of the internet ever. Uh, so let's go. Let's get on to this. Uh, and Kristen, I'll let you take it away. Step one: What are we supposed to do? All right. So, as probably most of you know, step one obviously involves a plan because if you don't plan to start your website and your content, you really have nothing to go off of. So, 
there's really a million different ways that we could take a content discussion like this, but here in this hour we're going to focus in on how to plan for your copy for a new website or even a website revamp. Um, so right now I'll just dive right into how to think about planning for your website content. So there's a couple questions that you and your, you and your team should be asking yourselves before you start writing even those first few words. Um, and especially for startups, if some of you are startups or small companies or you know even just an individual, it's really a natural instinct to just jump in and begin writing. And trust me, I've definitely been there. Um, but save yourself and your team a lot of time in the long run by thinking about how to frame your content strategy, even if it's a brief plan. Um, and it's really so critical to understand how your content fits in with the whole design and development process, as Matt will explain in a bit. So in this section, we're going to be talking about you know, when to start planning out your copy and how to align your copy with design and development. I think the most important part, uh, before I dive into my next slide, is... Um, the the you could start start now right like just start jotting things down like here's the goal uh, here is uh, what we're after um, and it's as simple as creating a content layout if you once you move on uh, to the developer side or the designer side and you start engaging with other agencies and freelancers who might be building your site or working in the marketing team start with this simple content layout uh, it could be as simple as what we see here on the screen home about services products features we just need the basics where do we begin what do you plan on adding for pages, or that it could actually grow uh, as complex uh, as the content layout in this slide. It all depends on how much content, how much planning, what your goals are, um, and what we're going to do uh, to get there. But it is important that the designers and developers know about this stuff ahead of time um, because, I mean, it's just, gonna, it's just good planning, right? <laughs> if you're building a house, you need some blueprints. Uh, you can't just find the plot of land and start uh, throwing a frame, uh, framework down. Uh, Kristen, you want to go with align copy design development first? Yeah, for sure. So, and Matt's definitely going to reiterate this through the entire webinar too, but it seriously can't be emphasized enough how important it is to come up with your content strategy as soon as possible, and content and layout always comes first, because if you don't have any idea of what you're going to say, how you're going to say it, how much or little you have to say, then you're going to screw your developers and designers because they're going to have no idea how to even set this up in the first place. So I always recommend to all of my clients and anybody that I talk to that you have to have initial development of your content underway before design and development begins. Um, that's the number one thing that you need to keep in mind. So never go into a discussion with your developers and designers and say, hey, we need a website and expect them to know exactly what to do without having any type of framework for your content set up. Uh, I couldn't put it any better way than, yes, you will screw us when you get to this stage because we will have no idea uh, what you're planning. And for the, the folks that are in the audience who might not uh, have their own site, but they're building sites for others or they're marketing consultants and they're, and they're help, <clears throat> helping other people launch their own site, it is very important, uh, this phase of the game, because this is what's going to squash uh, the scope creep uh, as we know it later on in the project, right? six months, or excuse me, uh, six days go by, six weeks go by, something like that, and then all of a sudden there's, well, we weren't thinking about that. Uh, that's not how we planned uh, to have uh, this site. Um, it's not what we were thinking about. So planning uh, and defining their story uh, of who this person is, like if you're working with your customer to reach more customers for them, who is their, who is their target customer? One of the things that, that we do uh, at the agency and this is known in many different walks of either content uh, marketing or design and development is identifying who your target customer is. 
People call it building a story, creating an avatar, creating a profile. Uh, we like to call them uh, user profiles. Who are the people who are going to be using the site? This is the most important part. The demographics, the name, the type, uh, the gender, the profession, the income. Um, you know, what, what's, their, what's their backstory? What's the problem that this user is faced with? The reason why they're coming to you to solve that problem. What are their needs? Uh, you know, are, is it a product that you're selling? Is it information that you're giving out? Is it consulting that you're doing? What are their needs and how can you solve that? Um, and then how do you exceed this? So we like to sort of break this up into four different quadrants. How do you exceed this, right? So again, if you're um, planning your own site or if you're consulting with somebody else, how do you exceed the expectation of that visitor? Um, it's only going to make the project uh, design or development or function so much better. Um, you're going to get a lot of stuff, right? You start doing profiling, you start doing planning, you start writing this stuff down, and you're getting all those thoughts out of your head, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, there's so much. Uh, where do I begin? Um, we like to do a little prioritization practice uh, when we're developing sites, um, and you can build out a scale however you see fit. We use number one as the, uh, a 1 to 10 scale, 1 being the most important, uh, 10 being the least important, and in this example what we do is we say, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, what's the most important thing to you? You said it was email and lead capture because you need to start selling product right away. Um, and now the customer is saying, oh, I need to learn about, I want people to learn about my process. I want people to learn about me. Me, 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 me. Well, that is not important. The importance in this first phase, at least, is email lead capture and product sales. So we're going to give that a one priority. These two are our number one priorities. Um, then you can go in there for, uh, then you can start to go and, uh, and rank the other priorities uh, with a number and launch your pro project in phases. And how are we going to do that? With WordPress. Where to start and how to do it. Now, and Matt, Listen. just to chime in there really quick, I think this is such an, the prioritization is such an important topic because I think a lot of times teams aren't really aligned on how to even think about this and how to prioritize the content because, you know, like I said earlier, it's just so easy to just jump right into writing stuff and building things without stepping back and making that plan and especially prioritizing is so important. So I think that's a really great point and something that I would love to see more teams as a whole just collaborate on. It's a really yeah. good topic. Absolutely. Um, Kristen chuckled when I said we're going to use WordPress uh, only because she said, Matt, not everyone wants to use WordPress. Why should we use WordPress? There must be a con to using WordPress. Uh, prior to the show starting today, I found out that Kristen actually knows Andrew Nason. So uh, there is absolutely no way we are going to badmouth WordPress moving forward. Uh, the pros of using WordPress, of course, is it's fairly easy to use. Um, it's inexpensive in the fact that you can download it for free, um, but there is a cost. Uh, that doesn't mean that it's free completely. Um, it allows you to be very extensive on your content, not just text, but e uh, but photos, video, uh, and other uh, types of media that you can put into it. Mobile friendly, most of the time. Uh, stuff uh, Themes that are responsive and mobile ready will work right out of the box. And it has great SEO capabilities. And the number one resource for me uh, is the community that is behind it, who people who are building for it, designing for it, supporting it, putting out plugins and stuff, makes it very uh, accessible. And you know, as a consultant, there are plenty of other people using this stuff uh, to help you along the way. Unfortunately, I have to include some cons because I was required to. <laughs> the learning curve. As easy as it is, there still is a learning curve. Um, a lot of folks that are hopping into this for the first time, using a website for the first time, 
might not know the difference between pages and posts. That's okay. There's a lot of documentation out there uh, in the world that you can find uh, to help you along with it, but it does have a bit of a learning curve. There is a lot of noise. There's free this, free that, um, you know, commercial this, free plug-in that. Where, where do I, which one do I choose? It's finding the right, uh, the right path to go down, building the right plan, or maybe talking to pe people like Kristen and I uh, to help you along the way. Um, it still requires some custom work, so everything out of the box, uh, it won't get you everything out of the box, but you'll definitely uh, get you know, 80, 90% of the way there, and with the help of some custom tweaking um, and some consulting, you can take it a bit further. Um, there is a security concern with any software running on the web. Uh, you always have to make sure that you don't just set it and forget it, but you're constantly monitoring and updating, uh, which is the next bullet point. You're updating the software. It is like running an OS on the web. Like, you know your Mac gets updates. You know your Windows gets updates. Your phone gets updates. You still have to do that here. Um, so it's not just, hey, I'm just done with this, and I can just let it go and never have to worry about it again. Um, any cons or pros that, you, that I missed, Kristen, that you might want to add in? Well, I think the biggest thing when I think about using WordPress as a particular flat platform is I hear so many people say, well, yeah, sure, I use WordPress for my blog, but I would never think about using it for my website because people you know, really don't have a big idea of how to use it for a full-fledged website and just think that it's really a blogging platform. Um, but I've seen a lot more companies lately you know, building their entire website on WordPress. I've developed several, including my own and a couple side projects that I have and several of my bigger clients have websites on WordPress. And I I think, you know, while it does involve a learning curve, I think it's definitely far easier than using a lot of other more robust platforms that are out there, but it still offers a ton of different functionalities that, you know, I think a lot of people, and I'm definitely guilty of this um, as of late, you know, don't know all of the functionalities. So I think it'll be great, really great for you to dive into, you know, what, what exactly some of those tools are. And I'm seeing some questions come in on the Q&A of some specific tools, so we'll definitely dive into those in a little bit. Yes, absolutely. One of the questions that came in said, boy, you guys are moving fast. Well, this is a boot camp, people. You have to keep up. Uh, there is a lot of stuff to cover. And we will make all these. Re Another question that came through is uh, we will have these resources available for you uh, at the end of the presentation. Um, there's a, a lot of opportunity uh, in WordPress. A lot of people look at it, uh, as Kristen was saying before, hey, this might just be a blogging tool. Like, I don't want to use WordPress. This is a blogging tool. And Kristen sees this a lot um, in sort of the, the spaces that she's flying in. And yes, out of the box, it is, a, it is a great blogging tool. But at the core, it's a content management, and then we can extend it with plugins. So it's great for folks who are just starting out saying, hey, I need something, I need something for blogging. Uh, I need something to connect my social media to with widgets or publishing content to those social media platforms, be it Facebook or Google+, Twitter, whatever. Um, and it's a great platform to be uh, connecting your email uh, lead captures, whether it be MailChimp, AWeber, Constant Contact, something like that. Um, but then you can extend it to e-commerce. So you want to start selling product. Uh, you want to start selling uh, either courses, digital downloads, or actual physical products that you're shipping to people. That's all possible. Um, and then third, the most important thing, are memberships. Um, you, this is very common uh, in today's world of doing premium content uh, or selling membership or recurring revenue type platforms. Um, it, it has plenty of options for that uh, where you can put up a paywall for selling premium content or membership access. Uh, one thing that I just realized I didn't add as a fourth bullet is it's a great platform for building applications, web apps, mobile apps. There are definitely plugins and technologies that are out there that will extend it to that realm, uh, which I think is great for any startup, new business that's looking at, hey, we need to build a site that's getting recurring revenue, 
in some kind of social platform level that we can also turn into an app that's like, we want to build Facebook. <laughs> you can do it uh, here uh, with, with WordPress and the types of tools uh, that uh, are available to you. The number one thing which you'll hear throughout this uh, webinar is we're going to say iterate and phases, right? So you can do all of this stuff. Uh, this is a boot camp. We are moving fast. We're throwing a lot at you, but you can do this all in phases. So you can start with just your blog. You can start with just your email lead capture, and then you can mature it and you can iterate and go a little bit bigger once you start building that audience to get into e-commerce and you start selling some product online, you start selling some gift certificates, like if it's a very uh, uh, underutilized uh, use case, um, and then you grow it into a membership. Now you're saying, look, I, I'm, I'm blogging, I have this great content marketing stream, people are coming in in droves and they're buying my product, and now I can set up a membership system um, for VIP customers or different things like that and grow it into an app. Uh, but do everything uh, uh, iteratively and in phases. Uh, Kristen, how do we approach our copy? Yeah, sure. So now that you sort of set the stage for, all right, this is the platform that we're going to use. This is how we're going to use it because we're this type of business, and this is how our general content and messaging platform is going to look. How do you actually approach copy? When you go to write that first word, what is that going to be, and how does it look like? So this whole section is going to go in sort of the dirty work of, of the copy, which is my specialty and what I love the most. Um, so... How do you make your copy rock? So first of all, who doesn't want their copy to rock? Um, obviously you do, but it's definitely easier said than done. Uh, if you've written any type of website copy, I'm sure that you can you know, relate to that too. But I think the three most important things to pay attention to when you dive into content creation are headlines, how you incorporate keywords, and how much copy is too much. So I'll be explaining in this section a little bit of all of those because I think that they're so important and they really, really set the framework for your entire website you know, every page, including your home page, product page, even, you know, subpages like that and landing pages. So, um, you know, first of all, headlines. So headlines are hard. And I've been writing headlines for years and years, and it doesn't get easier. I'm sorry to break it to you, but they're definitely an awesome opportunity because they're the first and maybe only impression that you make on a website visitor. So if you don't have a compelling promise in your headline, and that doesn't turn your visitor into a customer, then the rest of your words might not even need to exist. So you need to understand that every element of your copy has to have one purpose, and that's to get the next sentence read. So if your headline sucks, nobody's going to read your you know, sub-headline, supporting copy, and so on, all the way down to your call to action. So they're not going to convert if your headline is really bad. So it's fairly obvious that if people stop at your headline, you've already lost them. And this could honestly be an entire separate webinar um, just made on headlines alone because there's so much to go over. So I'm just going to kind of keep this, you know, high level and, and um, on sort of how to get you to think about them the most. But if I were to choose the number one thing to focus on for your headlines, it's to make it a specific, well-defined benefit and not a feature. So many people day in and day out I see will focus their headlines on features. And so if you, show, if you look at the example that I have right here, um, you know, the five-minute improvement that brings in 500 more customers versus the top customer acquisition tool. The one not to do that I say is feature-focused. It's talking about you, it's talking about a tool, nothing else. But the one that I recommend, it's quick because it says a five-minute improvement and there's an instant benefit. It brings in 500 more customers. Who doesn't want 500 more customers? So it's pretty obvious that people are going to be interested in that one much more than the very broad, feature-specific, all-about-you uh, headline instead. 
one of the questions I have, sort of uh, going um, a little off topic, but how 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 long do you think it should take somebody to come up with an accurate headline like this? Um, or are you going to answer that later on in the show? Yeah, I mean, um, it really depends on what you're trying to say, and especially if it's for your landing page or you know some major product headline page. Um, honestly, your headline could even take longer than it would take you to write the rest of the copy for that for that website. For the obvious reason that if you don't catch them, then you're not going to catch them for the rest of the copy. So you know, I've seen people that honestly will take days to come up with their headline. They'll just write headline after headline after headline and. Um, if you guys have heard of the blog Copy Blogger, they're actually an awesome resource for headlines, and they're a blog that I read constantly. They have some really, really great posts and tips on headlines, and they wrote a really great post just several months ago talking about how they were working with a client, and they wrote over 50 different versions of a headline to really get it right. They were just absolutely obsessed with every single word, how the words jive together, and all of that. And you know, it might seem like a waste of time to spend so much time, effort, and money on a headline, but if you don't, you're going to lose them, and that's even more time and money lost anyway. So the longer you spend on it and make sure to really get it right, the better. And we'll kind of go into how to understand if it's the right headline later on um, through testing and stuff. So I'll definitely cover that later. Awesome. Uh, one of the tools that I'm going to start to talk about once we start getting into this content, we already are into the content, but uh, one, of the, one of the tools that we use, if you're not familiar with it already, is WordPress uh, SEO by Yoast. Uh, this plugin is what's going to really help you set the stage with, uh, as we dive into to, to keywords, you start selecting your headlines. We're going to learn about how that matches up to SEO uh, uh, and optimizing your page with your URL, your headlines, and your content. Um, and just as an example, this is uh, what Yoast uh, SEO, WordPress SEO looks like in the back end of WordPress. It really makes it easy for you because it's just Two colors, green and red, right? <laughs> there might be a yellow involved in there, but green, you know you're doing good. Red means bad. Uh, and in my example, uh, on one of the blog posts I have on my site, you can see I, I do have a, a couple warnings in there. I'm not too worried about it on this blog post, but you can see that I've got some green indicating that uh, my article heading is matching up with my page title and it's matching up with my content, which is all good. My, in this particular example, the page URL doesn't match up to the keyword. That's okay in this case. Uh, and then further uh, into the further settings of Yoast of WordPress SEO, there's it, some even even further drill down that they'll help you with. So if you're unsure uh, of how to start doing this, is is this safe for search engines? Am I using too much keywords? Too many keywords? Is it too spammy? Uh, this tool will at least start to help you, uh, you know, formulate that by giving you some warnings, some indicators, and some tips uh, to uh, help steer that content and that and that headline uh, a little bit better. Great. That's an awesome segue for what I was going to talk about next. So, you know, really, as Matt said, like matching up your headline with the rest of your text, especially for SEO purposes, is really important. So definitely keep that in mind, too. Um, and there's a couple other sort of top recipe ingredients, if you want to call it, for a great headline. Because like I said, they're going to be an entire website or webinar just on headlines. But I would say focus on leading with your most important words, which would be the benefits and not the features. Um, avoid being clever when you can be clear, so stay away from those buzzwords, those marketing uh, packed words, the salesy words. I am so words. guilty of that. I am so <laughs> guilty of that. <laughs> I'll have to uh, give you some feedback there. 
Um, but yeah, so stay away from those because it's so easy to do because everyone's doing it and it's top of mind to just say, save time with this and you know, save money with this or use the industry leading this. And it's so easy to do that, but everyone's doing it and that's the problem. And so if you want to stand out, actually make them genuine and clear to the point of what you're talking about. And on top of that, also keep it short but without leaving out the meat. So this is kind of a double-edged sword because you don't want your headline to be 20 words long, obviously but you also can't leave out the core of what you're talking about. So you need to figure out what the right, you know, sort of balance of that is. So you need to make sure that it's pretty much only on one line of your website or, you know, an email or really anything, really, uh, whatever you're writing the headline for. It really should stay one line, um, as many or as little words as you need, but, you know, keep it as short as possible, but make sure the benefit's in there. That's the biggest, biggest thing. Um, and like I said earlier, Definitely spend more time writing your headlines than the rest of the page. That's so important. And so an example here um, is with FreshBooks. So I love FreshBooks. I actually use it for my own business. And I think it's a fantastic service. And they're always changing up their website, which I actually love. And the one that they have live right now, if you go to freshbooks.com, um, is accounting made for you, the non-accountant. All right, that's an awesome headline because it's very benefit-oriented and it focuses on me, not on them. So it's not a feature, it's a benefit towards me. So I'm not an accountant. I suck at numbers. I don't want to be an accountant. I don't want to have to learn all these different terms and formulas to get what I have to do done. And it's so true because they catch me with this awesome headline. I'm like, all right, I'm not an accountant, but I know that I have to do accounting for my business. So that's locked me. Then I read the next you know, sub-headline. They talk about joining 5 million people using FreshBooks all right, there's some validation there. That's great. That shows that other people believe in this too. And then I signed up and it's absolutely true. Like they, they, you know, hold true to that, which is so important to me because, you know, while you could also write a great headline, if it's false and it's, and you can't back it up with your product, that's a problem too. So making sure that it's honest is also great. And I love that FreshBooks, you know, is so upfront and honest about that too. Uh, one of the other things that that I hear so often uh, as a developer and design agency are the old school client or the old school methodology of I gotta get everything above the fold. I have to cram everything in. I have to cram all these headlines and all these benefits, all these features and photos above the fold. Uh, my God, the fold is dead. Uh, I think like Kristen was talking about before, the if people can't get past your headline, then you're already failing. So if that is the top of your screen or if that's the top of your mobile app, and they can't get past that headline, guess what? They're not going to scroll. And in this example, we're, sh we're showing just the different sizes of devices that are out there. And guess what? People scroll. We're, we're used to it now, right? Because more and more of our browsing is done uh, on a phone and then on a tablet. And then we're on our laptops, and maybe we go home to our 27-inch iMac, right? So <laughs> we're, we're, we've got these experiences now where we're used to scrolling. We're not just using all using the same 15-inch CRT monitor anymore. Uh, and before you know it, Web page is going to be loading up on your TV more, more and more uh, frequently. They're going to be loading up on your refrigerator screen if you have that. Uh, it, it's coming, right? I mean, there, there's going to be screens everywhere. They're in our cars now. That's getting more and more relevant. So the fold is dead. It's important as uh, a marketer or somebody who's consulting uh, another customer, that's done, right? We're not worried about that. We're not worried about cramming all of this stuff up there. Uh, and then if, you're, if you are building your site, stop worrying about that. If your content copy and your site design is good and engaging, folks are going to scroll no matter what. Where do these keywords fit in? Yeah, so well, to go back to your point really quick, Matt, I think that's another great reason why headlines matter so much because 
it doesn't matter that just your first headline on, on your home page is awesome. All the rest of the headlines have to be great too. So if you have three other sections below that that are you know far below the fold, then those still matter just as much because people are still going to scroll if your content's awesome. So keep every single headline just as important as the landing or the you know the the headline there at the top of your page. So um, you know where do keywords fit into all of this, both into headlines and just in your general copy? Well, there's a ton of stuff to say here, and there's also there was a great question which I'm going to actually address now because it it flows really well into this. Should the headline contain keywords? Um, usually, yes. So your benefit should be part of your keywords anyways. And so if you you know if you're focused on the right keywords and you understand your benefits, then those should align pretty well. And so yes, then those keywords should be in your headline, but not every single keyword, right? So you need to focus in on what's the one and maybe two top keywords that are also your benefits that fit in. So you need to kind of make that balance work really well. Um, and I think, you know, there's several different ways you can do it, and I hope I'll answer that here. And if not, I'm happy to answer it offline as well. But it's definitely a deep topic. Um, but the biggest thing to keep in mind, you know, both with headlines and all of your body copy across all of your websites, um, don't jam-pack your pages with keywords and phrases just because you think that that will get found. Because as quickly as your web page will get found, you're going to lose them because you're going to overwhelm them with a ton of jargon, a ton of keywords. They might not even flow well. So, you know, I value white space and brief impact copy over a ton of, uh, you know, copy that's just spread across your website. And that really messes with the flow. And on top of that, you know, you have to speak your customer's language. So they might not be speaking all of these keywords in one sentence when they talk to their friend or their colleague about what you do. So understand that if you're writing on your website in a way that they would never write or talk to somebody, then that's not even going to resonate with them. So while you need to find the right balance to put keywords into your body copy and your headlines, don't overwhelm them and make them feel like they you know, are stupid or they're talking about it wrong or overwhelm them with too many keywords that they might not even understand. So you need to strike the right balance there. And simply, you know, when you're done writing all of your copy, read it over to yourself. Read it out loud and be like, would I ever say this? Would one of my customers ever say this? And if not, then it's probably ridiculous and over the top and you need to cut back. And remember that you have across your entire website to incorporate these keywords, so you don't need to jam them in all into one little section. Yeah, that's awesome advice. And one, and one thing for, that question came in from Jason, who's a, a WordPress developer. And one of the things that WordPress developers, WordPress people in general, anybody who's technical launching a startup or selling some kind of digital product, we get lost in, hey, this is HTML5 with great JavaScript compression. Who cares? I don't care. The customer is not going to care unless you're selling that technology. The customer wants to know uh, really quick how it's going to solve their problem, mm -hmm. uh, identifying these keywords that we're going to use. Yeah, so, so I know later in, in this webinar, Matt, you're going to go over a couple more specific tools, but there's a couple ways that, especially as us marketers, can sort of dive into keywords really quickly. The first one, pretty universal, Google Analytics. Uh, so do your research on Google Analytics. Understand what keywords and phrases people are coming to your site from and write those down. So I just took a quick screenshot for you here of exactly where you can find those. Um, you can look up both paid and organic uh, keywords through Google Analytics and see what people are using. Um, but on top of that, you know, don't just rely on your metrics tools. Rely on what people are saying about you. So pay attention to your social media channels. So I put in, you know, going back to FreshBooks for a minute, I put in a couple uh, example tweets of what some of their customers had said to FreshBooks recently. 
and take note of you know how people are talking about your service, such as they are here in these two tweets. You know, what are they saying? What keywords are they saying? How are they talking about it? What's their sentiment? And you know, understand what those words are. And you know, note down both what your what keywords you're seeing from your tools, and then what keywords you're seeing from your audience just in the general web. And understand, you know, where the overlaps are with those keywords, and that's probably your strongest area to focus in on. Yeah, and I think that's also great advice for uh, if you're doing some competitor research. If you're building a FreshBooks competitor, take a look at what their social what their social uh, folks are saying uh, out on the social platforms, and see uh, you know see if you can kind of either mimic that or go after that as sort of uh, a, a strong point for your own product. Um, we don't like to get caught up into uh, just the analytics and looking at the broader spectrum uh, of trending of what's out there. I love, 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 love to use Google Trends to see where things are going seasonally, um, over time, and that kind of thing. And in this example, this is sunscreen versus snowblowers. Who's searching for snowblowers at this day and age, right? Well, you might if you live in Boston because there's always a chance of snow no matter what month we're in, we're in right now. But we're in June, and you can see the bottom red line is the search for snowblowers, and the blue red, uh, excuse me, the blue red line, that makes sense. The blue <laughs> line above the red line is the search for sunscreen, and you can see how this trends, right? So go back to January 2014. You can see the spike uh, of snowblowers and the dip uh, of sunscreen, and this is just a great... Uh, a great tip for uh, looking at the broader uh, trend uh, across Google in this case um, to help with either your content marketing. Are folks going to be interested in your product come June in the summertime? If not, how do you switch up your how do you switch up your product uh, content marketing or keywords or landing page call to actions? Uh, fun in the sun with a snowblower? I don't know. Um, don't bring your snowblower to the beach. I don't know what those would be for this case, uh, but it's definitely a great way for you to. Uh, to look at a broader uh, realm of trends uh, that are outside of your own analytics. Um, and you don't want to go too crazy because you never want too much copy. And Matt, can you just reiterate to the audience what, what tool that is? Oh, excuse me. That's Google Trends, uh, google.com slash trends. Awesome. So, all right, so we've gone over keywords and headlines. So that's helped you understand how to incorporate the most important words and uh, you know benefits into what you're going to say. So now you need to think about your overall copy, your body copy, what you're going to say across your website. And something that I'm asked a lot and that you know I see a lot of people bring live on their own websites is just putting out too much copy. And so the first thing I want to say to that is don't offend your awesome headlines because if you spend all this time on your headlines and then you cram several paragraphs under one headline that's just absolutely overwhelming, then you've lost them. And then, like I said earlier, they're not going to get to your call to action. So remember that your headlines come first, make those awesome, then focus on your supporting copy, make that rock solid, and then focus on your call to action. And so, you know, another thing to think about here is sort of the KISS framework, the Keep It Simple Stupid framework for copy. I like to apply that here. So while you want to keep your copy succinct and to the point, also, don't take that as that you need to limit yourself to X number of words. So never say, under this headline, we can only do 100 words. That doesn't make sense because maybe you have less than that to say, but it's really great information. It's right to the point. That's perfect. But what if you need to use 50 more words in there to explain to get your word across? You know, that's important too. So make sure to not limit yourself too much, but also keep in the back of your mind that you still need to keep it as brief as possible. So figure out 
what the right amount of words are based on what you need to say and how succinctly you can say it. And something that I always start off with, because I'm definitely guilty of writing long copy, um, you know, in my first draft, is always start with more and remove from there because you can always remove stuff. So figure out, you know, what you've written. If it's far too long, what's the stuff that you can take out that you can explain later in your website? Because if you, you know, have several different pages, you have a lot of space to write this. So while you make it excited to just share it all right now with everybody, they don't need to digest it all in one massive paragraph. So take your copy section by section. Just understand what you need to say. Uh, so if you're, you know, for example, if you're discussing one particular feature, what do you need to say just about that feature to convince them that that feature is awesome? And then move on to the next feature that you're describing. Say just what you need to say there. Don't include anything else because you have the space and time to say it elsewhere. And, you know, as Matt mentioned earlier, the above the fold is really not as important anymore because people don't care about that. So you have time to put that information far lower on your website. And as long as your headlines and your supporting copy is great, people will continue reading it. And so an example here is Dropbox. So they are, to the extreme, very simple. And these screenshots are kind of small, so I'm, I'm sorry if you can't see them too well. Their, their website's kind of long. Um, but it's kind of a good example of what I'm talking about here. So as you see, they've replaced long words with very short ones. So their headline, the screenshot on the left, is literally their entire sort of top of the fold. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> um, that's all they say on, at, at the beginning of their website. That's all that you see. And while Dropbox has a massive example of having awareness across the board and almost everybody knows about them now, they're a great company to just understand how brief you can seriously be if you've nailed your messaging and you know what your customers want. They don't need to use 10 other words to explain what they do. It's simple. Your stuff anywhere. And then the screenshot on the right talks about their features. So when you scroll down, you see their features. There's a quick headline, if, if you can see that. That's, those are the words in bold. And then under it, it's just a couple brief lines of text. And they focus their, that text just on that one feature. And then they move on to the next feature. And so they don't go off on a tangent, and they keep it very targeted. So I think that's really awesome that they've grouped it and kept it very specific. So websites like that are really awesome to always go back to. They're refreshing and give you inspiration to keep it simple. Yeah, I mean that's it's it's awesome stuff, and it's it's great to see that um, you know that these bigger tech companies you would think with all these features like a Dropbox, like there there's so much stuff that you can do with Dropbox. There's so much you could say about Dropbox. There's so much about the technology, um, but it's your stuff anywhere, right? It's as simple as that, uh, and it's just a great example uh, of how you can take something as robust and technologically advanced as Dropbox is uh, and sum it up in just a few words. We're going to dive into the side, the design side of things and making those uh, design choices um, of your website, uh, especially WordPress and, and choosing themes or not to choose a theme. Uh, but just a quick just a quick reminder, if you are watching uh, on the events page, you should see a little Q&A uh, link uh, hovering on, on top of the video. If you click that, you'll be able to uh, jump into the questions uh, box, comment box, question box, and just drop your questions in. We're going to answer most of these uh, at the end, at the end of the uh, the boot camp. So let's talk about that. Talk about the design. Some of the the pitfalls of choosing uh, a theme versus doing some custom stuff. Uh, this example here is uh, a theme, a very popular theme on Theme Forest. It's beautiful, right? It's got these beautiful photos. It's got this big open layout, and it's just, hey, this is a great looking theme. My fill in the blank business will look good on. Will look great on this theme. Uh, until you realize that the photos you have aren't good, <laughs> they're from a flip phone that you took photos with. Um, you then have to then you realize that oh, I have to actually structure 
my WordPress content. Like these are posts. I thought I could just come in and drop a photo here. Well, not. They're not. You have to link them up to your blog posts. Um, and this is where things really fall apart. Um, one day I'd say I'd love to take some of the the the, the top selling theme forest themes and and see if a, if a normal business, like if a pizza joint, could just throw their photos uh, onto these types of themes. And this is where you have to be careful. Um, this goes all the way back to our planning phase uh, of, you know, what's, what's, the, what's the goal? What content are we going to use? What, of our, what are our headlines starting with the content first? Um, you know, like if you don't have enough photos or enough content to fill out this type of theme, well, then you're going to be uh, in trouble from the get-go. Um, one of our most popular selling themes at our uh, theme shop is the business theme because it is so simple uh, and because we're saying, look, we know most businesses only have one photo to showcase their, the front of their building or their product. Uh, and sure, we can turn this into a slider. Um, and we just want to make sure that folks are easily accessible, easily access, accessing excuse me, the headlines, um, being able to change that stuff and swap in uh, their uh, photos uh, very easily. So what's the pro and the con? Most of the folks who are WordPress people kind of know this, but the marketers and the people who are launching their site might not. Uh, the pro of using a theme, number one, is it's affordable, right? You can go and you can buy uh, our themes for 50 bucks. You can go on ThemeForce and buy themes for 50 bucks. You can find a lot of uh, premium themes uh, for you know anything under anywhere under 100 bucks. So that's great, and it's fast. You can certainly uh, there's no back and forth because one, there's no planning, <laughs> there's no content or layout planning. It's already decided for us. Uh, so it does help you get to uh, a very fast launch, um, and it comes with a determined layout. Like you already know, like my homepage is going to look like this, my product page is going to look like that, and if that fits exactly what you're after, perfect. Uh, then it's going to work for you. And nine times out of ten, these are very attractive themes. Remember, these things are on the shelf to sell, right? Uh, if you're walking into a dealership and you see uh, the car in the showroom and it's polished and it's waxed and the wheels are shining and it smells great, you're like, wow, this thing is beautiful. Uh, but it doesn't look like that after a New England snowstorm like we were just talking about. Uh, so just remember that these themes are designed uh, to look beautiful so that they sell and people are, feel inspired to buy them. Uh, what are the cons? Well, the cons are, of course, you're doing it yourself. So if you have no idea how to install a WordPress theme or even where to begin on setting up the plugins like the plugins we're talking about today, uh, nine times out of ten, you're doing it all alone. Sure, you're going to get some support documents, uh, but it, you might not be able to set it up like the demo just because you're still trying to learn WordPress. Um, it doesn't fit your brand. Uh, so like in my theme forest example, uh, you know, a lot of these colors might not fit the colors that are in your own logo. So then you have to go in and change the logos. Um, the layout isn't going to match sort of, or the photos aren't going to match uh, what you have. Um, so that means it's not for every use case. You have to remember themes are built for uh, the designer or the developer's original intention. <clears throat> the people, when folks come to us with themes, they say, I want this theme, but change everything. Well, then what do we need this theme for? <laughs> Why don't we just start uh, from scratch with a plan, with a goal in mind, with your customer's user profile in mind so that you know your site converts, converts with the copy um, that uh, you're planning out uh, for headlines uh, and, 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 uh, and, and just all the content that you're going to be planning out. Uh, the con is it's, it is a determined layout, right? So you are stuck with this uh, unless, it, unless you hire a designer or developer to change it. Uh, and it's not content ready, meaning it wasn't designed with your content in mind. It was designed with their content in mind. And nine times out of ten, it's just example content, right? Um, so you might think that uh, a beautiful theme is going to look great with all your content, uh, but you realize you've only written a few paragraphs. Uh, and then you're sort of in the position of saying, oh, my God, uh, this theme is not for me. 
So we looked at custom. Um, this is a small example. This is a Westport Historical Society that we built uh, a custom site for, uh, for mobile and for different experiences. And they have archives and archives of PDFs and historical documents, uh, which I don't show, show here, but a lot of that has to do uh, with the planning, with the content structure, and so on. Uh, if we're doing some user profiling, like we recommended earlier on, you're taking three different uh, three different goals and sort of marrying them together into a custom project. So you're taking the goals for the brand. Who are you? What do you do? What is your company about? What's the culture at your company? How do you present yourself as a stakeholder uh, in your your agency or your uh, or your company? The visitor. Who are these people? What are they like? How do they purchase? What kind of copy do they want to read and how do they want to experience the site? And then you marry those two with the goals. Uh, you're either converting for uh, a selling a product, for getting a lead, um, or in the Westport Historical Society is being able to publish tons and tons of historical content for people to consume, for research, uh, for travel, for visiting, that kind of thing. Uh, so we take both the brand uh, goals for your, for your own company the goals for your visitor, who are they, what are they like, marry them, marry them together uh, with the goal of the overall project. Pros versus cons, lots of pros here because it fits the brand, right? It's made for you, it's made for your content, it's made for the conversions that you're looking to go after. It's a unique experience, meaning it's not off the shelf theme, uh, so it, it might not look like your competitor. What happens if your competitor bought a theme, uh, the same exact theme you did, you both launched a site, and you had the same $50 theme from ThemeForest, well, it's going to be a little awkward <laughs> for, uh, for your bottom line and for your visitor coming to the site. It's scalable, right? So uh, because you are doing this with a plan, we talked about rolling things out in phases. Uh, if you're teamed up with a great uh, developer or designer, they should know that, hey, in maybe six months, you'll be rolling out a blog or you'll be rolling out an e-commerce store. Um, so you'll have all of the pieces of the puzzle ready uh, ready to go when you do hit that, uh, that phase. And it's aligned with your marketing. Back to the plan, back to the phases, back to the branding and the content. It's made for you. It's going to align well with your marketing. It'll be a lot of synergy. Of course, there's only two cons in all of this, and that's time and money. Uh, so these projects will take longer, they will cost more, um, but it's important that you ask yourself these questions before you go into um, deciding between a theme uh, and a custom project. And are you competing in a competitive space, right? So think about it. Will your $50 theme uh, be good enough? Uh, to compete against somebody who's competing against you, yes or no. If your leads are worth $5,000, uh, then each lead is worth $5,000, I'd spend a little bit more time uh, on your content and design um, so you can convert those clients. If they're not, if you don't know your lifetime value of a customer, uh, that could be a whole, other, <laughs> a whole other webinar, but you should definitely understand how much uh, value, uh, the lifetime value of your customer is. Uh, that's what are your conversions worth. Do you have, a do you have too little or too much content uh, we have a site for this uh, particular uh, pod, uh, web, uh, webinar. It's thestartupplatform.com, thestartupplatform.com. Uh, we're using a Genesis theme, and it was very difficult uh, to take all of our content and put it into this parallax flow, but we did it, um, and we fell victim to sort of uh, putting our content into a theme that was pre-designed. Um, so think about your content. How much do you have, how little do you have, and how will that dictate? Uh, either going with a theme or with a custom site. Um, and how does this transcend into mobile versus desktop experiences? We talked about the fold. We talked about where uh, people are going to be consuming our content in the future. Are you planning for that? Do you need to plan for that? Um, again, are you in a competitive space? Is the return uh, on investment worth it to you? Again, if you're, if you're really looking to run a business online, you should be looking at this stuff to say, 
I need to have the best mobile experience I, I can because I'm looking at my Google Analytics and 70% of my traffic is coming from an iPhone. If that's the case, make sure uh, that you have the best uh, mobile experience that you can possibly do and put together and a theme might not cut it. Um, again, see the planning phase and go back to see what those goals are um, and uh, take it uh, step by step, iterate and in phases. There's a lot of stuff here. You could certainly launch with a theme-based solution. Give yourself three months of hardcore marketing and, and content uh, adjustments and conversion tracking and then say, you know what, it's time to reinvest. My customers are worth $5,000 a lead. Um, I do need to make the best site I can. I've landed a few. I think I could do better uh, if I had a custom look and feel. So then it's time to roll out uh, and knock on the door of a good designer and developer or, or agency uh, to help you get uh, to that next uh, step. And I realized I was hitting next on my screen here and not uh, on the laptop. So iterate uh, in phases, uh, definitely uh, a way to go when launching your design. We're going to talk, oh, sorry, I did it again. <laughs> so we're going to talk about testing, validating, uh, and learning, and, and how to do it. So there's also a lot that can be said here, but I know we're running out of time, and there's a lot of great questions coming in, so we'll make this, this section a little bit um, more targeted. And, of course, if you have questions, the Q&As are still open, so definitely submit them there, or you can tweet to us using the hashtag startup platform. Um, the biggest thing that I can say is after you've created all of your content, and you designed your entire layout, it's live, it doesn't end there. You have to always be iterating, and I can't emphasize this enough. Um, I'm such a big fan of testing, and I think all marketers should be much more into it than they are, and I'm definitely guilty of not doing it at times when we definitely should have, so it's something that you know I really am so passionate about, and I think you know it's really important to never be convinced that even if your team and you completely love a headline or the layout of a website or a call to action, color button, anything like that, it might still not be right because you're not your customers, you're not your visitors. You know what your product and your company stands for, but your visitors might not. So that means you could test essentially everything. And I completely recommend doing that. So as soon as you launch your website, be testing your headlines, your calls to action, your layouts, all of that stuff. So Matt's gonna go into a couple tools for, for how to do that quickly. One of the best ways to do it, and it sort of sits outside of WordPress, this is a screenshot, uh, for those of you watching, this is a screenshot of Crazy Egg, which is one of the tools I recommend uh, for testing certain layouts, call to actions, copy, that kind of thing. You can see the home page of my site, uh, and you can see the heat map, right, of where everybody goes uh, to uh, click around on my site. Naturally, the blog and the about page uh, is still the most dominant um, area uh, of clicking, um, but you can see where people click uh, to enter in their emails and hit subscribe. You can see that uh, more often than not, people are uh, hitting the Facebook and Twitter social icons, uh, and not the Google Plus, surprisingly, uh, and uh, certainly less uh, on the YouTube uh, link. So that this could spur me to say, you know what? Maybe I just get rid of my Google Plus. Uh, maybe I want more conversions on Twitter. And I would say, uh, you know, I'm not so concerned about Facebook. I could make those changes with this kind of data and say, I'm just going to make a follow me Twitter icon bigger. Maybe I'll get even more uh, followers on Twitter that way. So using these tools like Crazy Egg um, that sit outside of WordPress to help with these conversions is great. Uh, this is a heat map of the scroll, uh, scrolling actions of the site. And you can see that uh, white hot uh, is 100% uh, 
of the scrolling, uh, where the screen is fixed. Uh, and you can see at the top of my site that I get, of course, 75% of that. And this is just another testament to say that people do scroll, right? So if you are with a client or you're working for a company and they're tr still trying to push the everything has to be above the fold, everything has to be above the fold. Guess what? Latest post from Matt Report sits below the fold and it is the most uh, viewed area of the homepage. People will scroll down to read that. Uh, why? Because Maybe because the latest post from Matt Report sits a little bit above the fold and they kind of see that and say, oh, let me, let me read a little bit more. Um, but it's just a testament to um, uh, folks will scroll and you can use these technologies to kind of uh, help, your, help your case and to track that stuff. Other tools for testing um, that sit outside of WordPress, uh, of course, uh, Unbounce, which is a which is a landing page tool, uh, which Kristen uh, has used in the past. Google Analytics, we've mentioned that before. I would hope that most of you are familiar with Google Analytics. If you're not, definitely sign up Google Analytics. Get into your site, uh, use uh, Yoast Google Analytics to tie that in. Google Webmasters, which is so underrated and even more important in today's panda world of uh, SEO and Google. Um, to track your keywords, uh, how Google views your site uh, in a Google search result, uh, getting your site maps indexed and all your content indexed, uh, which is probably like the number one use case for webmasters for people who are just starting out. Get a Google Webmasters account. Uh, go ahead and submit your site map, which you can do with the Yoast plugin, um, so that your content is indexed. If you have no idea what I'm talking about uh, and SEO is important to you, please get in touch with us <laughs> when we're done uh, with this show. Uh, we'll help you out with that. Crazy Egg, which is what I just showed you before, uh, very inexpensive, maybe 100 bucks a year uh, for testing five pages. It's worth its weight in gold. Uh, and another tool that I love to use, we use it on our theme sales site, is Zopum. Um, there's other ones called Olark, and we can add that to our resources pages. This is another undervalued thing because this is something, this is live chat for your website, right? what better analytic, what better data uh, can you get about either issues with your site, questions about your content, um, or a checkout process. These are when people go to your site, a little chat window pops up and says, how can I help you? Uh, and you have a live person on the other end and they can ask questions. Hey, I'm having where do I enter my credit card? Um, nothing converts better than telling them where to enter their credit card. Uh, or I don't really understand what this page means. Can you help me out? Um, it is your virtual sales tool. I love it. Uh, it you can get it for free uh, and attach it to your site. I believe there is also a WordPress plugin for that. Tools that sit inside of WordPress. Uh, whoops, nope. <laughs> this is the learn and improve segment. Uh, yeah. So what do, what do we do uh, with learning and improving now that we have these tools in place? Yeah, so my biggest thing is I would recommend, you know, not only testing things, but you have to actually learn from that data. So what do your metrics tell you after you've tested two different headlines against each other or you've tested two different layouts of your home page? You need to learn from it. So did, a, did one of your headlines really suck and nobody clicked, you know, through from it afterwards? Find out why. Did, um, you know, one layout far up form another? Find out why. And your metrics will tell you if you dig in enough using a lot of the tools that, that Matt just mentioned. Um, so learning everything you can is super important. And then, of course, once you've learned, you know, that one headline won over another or one layout far converted over another, make those changes. So change that headline from the one that didn't work. And then not only, you know, changing that, but creating another test afterwards. So don't stop with just one test. Don't learn that, okay, one headline was better than another. I'm just going to change it and stop. Don't stop there. Always, you know, create more more tests all the time to be learning because your audience needs are going to change, the market's changing, your competitors are evolving, everything's changing, and so you have to change with that and always be learning. So, 
that's the biggest thing is to you know check on your metrics very often, learn from them, change, and continue on. Some of the tools that you can start to use to uh, help or start organizing your content. When do I get this content out there? At what time? Who's going to do it for me? If you have a team of people, uh, if you're helping, a, if you're managing a client's content, if you're a marketer out in the audience, how do we do this? How do we manage this content to get it out there? Um, edit Flow, which is a, a, a free WordPress plugin in the WordPress.org repository. You can search for Edit Flow and it'll also be on the resources page. This will help you uh, accept uh, drafted posts or pages from your guest writers or your staff. Uh, they can't publish it. Uh, and as the editor, you can kind of collaborate with them saying, hey, this post should be a little bit longer. Remember what Kristen said about keywords. Maybe you have too many keywords in there. You can look at the, you both can look at the Yoast uh, green and red lights and say, you should add more, you should add less, that kind of thing. CoSchedule is not free, but is an amazing plugin. It's actually more of a service, but it uh, ties in as a plugin. Uh, I spelled that wrong in the slides. I have CoSchedule. Uh, it should be CoSchedule, uh, but on the resources page, I will get that fixed. Uh, and this is great because not only does it uh, schedule WordPress posts and pages, but we're also scheduling tweets, uh, buffers, LinkedIn posts, all that fun stuff, uh, and this across the entire team. So that's really cool. Uh, and then scheduling a review uh, for all of this stuff, right? So now we've, we've, we're starting to iterate. We're, st or excuse me, we're starting to test. We're starting to make changes. We're, we're looking at our data now. Uh, we have our posts scheduled, and we start to track all this stuff. What do we do? How do we schedule a review? Most simply, by using your calendar, right? Uh, set days to to um, to sit down and uh, and and review the uh, content. Uh, Use a shared Google spreadsheet to, and I'm going to link up to one uh, in the next slide. Use a shared Google spreadsheet with you and your team. Even if you don't have a team yet, uh, you plan on it, use a shared Google spreadsheet or use a spreadsheet to start tracking all this stuff manually. And then you can, uh, at the most simplistic level, you can automate Google Analytics to send you a daily report, a weekly report. It all depends on how crazy you want to get with your analytics. Um, and in this example, it's, I know it's tough to see. You'll see it on the resources page uh, when we link it up at the end. This is a simple uh, uh, Google Doc, right, that my friend Brian Castle made. You can get it at castjam.com slash tamingmetrics. Um, and that link, again, will be on the resources page. He goes through every month uh, or possibly every week in this example here, and he just looks at his analytics, and he goes and he types it in the spreadsheet, right? So he says how many visits I got, how many new visits, how many uh, recurring visits, and it's just a way to pull all of the noise from all of these different areas of what's important to you into a simple spreadsheet um, that you can save historically, uh, and you can go back and compare uh, month to month with your team, with your customers. Uh, it just adds a different custom level to it and uh, just a way for you to stay grounded with all of this stuff uh, in, a, in a good, solid review fashion. Um, we're going to get to the key takeaways. I think there's been a ton of stuff <laughs> so far in this. I hope everyone was uh, writing things down as we went along. Uh, one of the questions is, will this, will this video be available later? And it will be, and we'll link that again uh, in the, uh, in the, at the end of the show. So we're going to always be testing, learning, and improving. Is that correct, Kristen? Absolutely. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the number one takeaway you think that you've, that you've learned from my end of things? Uh, and I'll tell you what the number one thing that I've learned from you. Yeah, so I think if you made a really good point earlier, and obviously several others too, but one that stuck out to me was that you, know, you need to understand that if you're going to work with WordPress, that there is 
uh, a pro and con between choosing a theme and and doing it a little bit more custom. Um, I've seen a lot of you know companies that will launch with a theme and themes can look awesome, but then I'll you know see another website across the web that has uh, probably that same theme and it is a little funny and it's probably not going to happen that your competitor will happen to choose that exact same theme, um, but it is something to consider because. Uh, you know, you want to appear original, and and WordPress can definitely do that for you, as Matt explained. So. Yeah, I, I think for my key takeaway, and anybody who's watching, if you want to drop uh, in the question uh, chat box uh, what your key takeaway was, so we can, uh, you know, give you a virtual high five. Let us know. But I think that the key takeaway for me is staying away from all those marketing buzzwords, and uh, just the stupid stuff that doesn't matter. Like we are the number one premium WordPress theme in the world. Who said that? Right. <laughs> Who donned you, knight of themes? Uh, <laughs> nobody. Uh, that's who. Um, so stay away from that and focus on uh, that. That keep it simple, uh, stupid method of just saying like, you know, here's here's how, how here's how it'll prove things in five minutes, uh, and it's the easiest accounting software for non-accountants. Things like that is just is just amazing, and we get so caught up uh, in that. That said, we are going to jump into the question and answer round. We're going to go through and click on these questions here. And by the way, uh, I just realized I don't think anyone has seen us. Uh, the entire uh, webinar, I think all you've seen was a slide. So hello, everybody who can now see us talking. Uh, we, don't, we no longer need the slides. We'll go through and answer these questions. Um, I'm going to go ahead and grab the first question, Kristen. Uh, this comes from Jason. Being a data geek myself when testing, should we be conscious about how many things we change at once to not alter the results in a way we didn't intend? That's a great question. Um, I know from my experience, and, and Kristen, you can dive in um, if you want, but I, I know for me, and if you're launching something, the first thing I focus on is the traffic, right? Uh, qual the qualified traffic. You need to, as, as, in terms of stats and analytics and looking at it uh, from the data, um, you need a, a good amount of traffic so that you know that, hey, I, I mean, I either hit a plateau in traffic um, so that you, you have enough to test with, right? If you only have 10 visitors a day, it's not going to be a good thing for you to be A-B testing, right? You need to get more traffic in order to start testing those things. Um, I would focus much more on the promotion side of the content side and the social side to start driving traffic before you can actually start doing the A-B testing with your headlines, A-B testing with your colors of your buy buttons. Um, that was something that I made the biggest mistake with early on with our theme sales was getting way too caught up on the A-B testing too early, too early on. Um, now that we do have traction uh, with content uh, and uh, people coming to the site, uh, now we're starting to start doing much more content, or excuse me, much more uh, A-B testing uh, with analytics uh, and the heat maps and that kind of thing. Uh, how about you? How about yeah. you? Yeah, just to add that, that's an awesome question, Jason. Thank you. Um, I think... I think this question, your question, might have come in uh, when I was talking about, you know, always testing different headlines and calls to action and such. So if that's what you were also referring to, I would definitely say it's not a good idea to test everything all at once because you're never going to know what worked. So if you're testing a headline and also a call to action button that's super close to the headline, you're not really going to know which one truly worked because they're so close together and they could be, you know, playing off each other in good or bad ways. So I would say, you know, decide in sort of how Matt said, you know, priorities. Decide in priority what matters most to you to understand what's working. So if a call to action, you know, the copy of the call to action button is super important for you, run that test first and get a clear understanding of what worked there. And then choose something else such as, you know, your 
the first headline that you see when you go to your homepage, then do that one, and and so on. Um, and you know, if you if you want to run tests for different you know pieces of content and, and layout that isn't really related to each other, I think that's fine. But if they're really related to each other, really close together on the same page, it's going to be hard to determine the results. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, this question also came in from Lisa. Will the video be available for review? Yes, it will. Uh, so again, that'll be uh, sort of uh, in the Google Hangouts. We'll be tweeting it out. It'll be on the resource page. We'll get you that information shortly. Uh, Jason says, of course, my key takeaway for uh, is kiss for content and don't jam everything into the home page. Very good. Um, Mike's key takeaway is uh, finally hearing somebody else say that the fold is dead. Yes, Mike, I totally agree. Um, Andrew Garcia says, how to write good headlines. Thank you, you too. You're welcome. <laughs> I would grab this question here. Vrinda asks, I'm a developer for the last 15 years, but I'm not good in designing. Uh, how can WordPress help me in designing my website like a professional one? Uh, that's a great question. Um, when you go back and, and watch this video, uh, you could certainly go through the theming route, um, picking a good theme um, that starts at least 80% of the way uh, of a design. Um, you know, again, you can browse uh, all over the internet for uh, for good premium WordPress themes. Uh, I'm not going to just sit here and say that ours are the best, um, but definitely focus in on the support that you're going to get uh, from wherever you're going to buy the theme. Um, if you're going from an independent theme shop, check out their support uh, their support section. Uh, make sure that they're responsive. See if they have live chat. Maybe chat them up and just see how good and how quickly they respond. Uh, but number one is make sure that it fits the design as closely as possible as you. If you are working with a, a customer and you're developing for a, a customer, find a good designer that's out there. Um, go head on over to wpmentor.org. It would be a great place to sign up as a developer uh, to say, hey, I'm looking for a designer to sort of help me out. Um, go ahead and check out that resource as well. So I hope that helps uh, for that question. Dan says, I would add Google AdWords and trends. Yep, we, we talked about trends, uh, Google AdWords, key plan. I think you were going to mention something about that, Kristen. Yeah, definitely. So um, Google AdWords also has the Keyword Planner tool, which is a great place to just do some general keyword research. I use that almost every time that I'm doing any type of keyword work with my clients. Um, it's a great way to find, uh, you know, what's the current volume for any given keywords. It helps you identify new keywords and and keyword groups that you might not have thought of, and understanding what the traffic is there. So you know, all the time when I'm running PPC campaigns, of course, I'm using that tool. But it, across the web, you know, if I'm coming up with some keywords for a you know a website or anything like that, I definitely use that too. So great idea. Yeah, uh, Lisa asks, uh, can you share I an idea of which tools you find work well for email capture, i.e., Mailchimp, Constant Contact, something more custom? I know from my uh, point of view, I've we always use Mailchimp, um, and we use Aweber in the past, which was great for doing some uh, uh, drip marketing, uh, drip email marketing, and funneling. Um, so that's pretty cool. I've I've had experience with that. I have not used Constant Contact, uh, but right now Mailchimp is the one for me. How about you, Kristen? Yeah, same. I'm a big uh, fan girl of Mailchimp. I think they're awesome. It's um, I've recently installed uh, the Mailchimp plugin on WordPress several times for many different sites that I manage, and it's super easy just to install the widget, hook it up to your account, and then set up all your email campaigns and lists behind that. So it really couldn't be any easier. I love it. Yeah, yeah that is awesome. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, another question from Lisa: uh, Can you share a simple definition of scope creep? Oh, I certainly can. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, this is a, a much deeper uh, 
uh, a much deeper discussion. But uh, hey, if you're somebody who's in in the marketing department, uh, you might know that your bosses say one thing, and then the next day they're asking for something else. Um, that's scope creep. <laughs> you know, you told me to launch with this. Uh, now all of a sudden we're changing it up. Uh, it happens to agencies like myself where we start out with a particular goal in mind. Um, and the client then changes it, you know, two, three weeks out from now after we've begun doing some wireframing and designing, which again, I can't reinforce enough doing the planning, doing the discovery early on and building the profiles of the people who are going to buy or consume the content of the site, not me, uh, not the stakeholders of the company that you're, that you're consulting with, but the people who are going to come to that site and buy, those are the people you should be focused on, not just the CEO who likes the color blue. Uh, if if the visitors like the color red, they're the ones that are buying. That's the colors you should. That's the color you should use. Uh, that's a basic example of scope creep for me. How about you? Yeah, I've definitely uh, I've been in a lot of scope creep situations, especially with when it comes to web design. So you know, you come up with your plan. Not everyone's on board with the plan, or maybe all decision makers weren't in a part of it. And then all of a sudden, someone runs into the room and says, "We need to do this." and everybody freezes and they're like oh my gosh we're halfway through this process and you just brought in this which is going to shake up everything that we're doing that's scope creep um, even on a smaller level uh, experience I was in a couple years ago was um, my team and I were creating content for a particular section. Um, the designers had then created uh, you know, a specific block on the home page for that content to be placed. And all of a sudden, somebody else came into the conversation and said, no, we need to say it this way. That made the copy longer. That messed up the design. And everything was thrown off. And even small things like that can push out your deadline even further. And pretty much every time you go into a web design project, you're going to the scope's going to increase anyways, and the time frame's going to extend, but the more, the only thing I can say is the more that you can get every single decision maker who has to be a part of the process in the room agreed upon with a specific plan, with the understanding that if anything changes, the time frame, the cost, everything is going to expand, you know, that's really what you have to consider. So it's so important to get everyone on the same page to avoid that as much as possible, but unfortunately, it's, it's going to happen regardless. Yep, absolutely. Um... Can you give it a sample? Uh, can you give a simple definition of a landing page? Uh, I, I would say either number one, starting with your home page. Uh, you know the way the, the way I see it in today's world, every page is sort of a landing page because people are going to find you uh, through various either Google searches or linked content. Um, so it's important that you're thinking of every blog post uh, or every page that people can search for uh, with some kind of conversion uh, in mind. Um, but you can definitely prioritize which are your most uh, important landing pages, probably one being the home page, especially for direct marketing purposes, um, and then you might have specific landing pages for specific products that you're either direct, uh, directly advertising uh, through pay-per-click or traditional media. Um, those would be landing pages, and landing pages could be an entire domain that you're just testing out like dry runs of product. Will, will, people, will people like this? Will people like this headline? Will they like this product? That kind of thing. Um, any, any different definition for you, Kristen? Yeah, I would also consider a landing page, um, you know, a very specific page uh, focused on one particular thing. So sometimes your product page might have too much information and that's going to detract from somebody converting. So if you're, you know, looking to run a PPC campaign, for example, and you're talking about one particular product and all you want to do is to have people understand the top value of it and to convert and to sign up, you know, sign up through a form or something. Um, if you brought them to your product page, that might have a whole lot more information that people don't need to know just coming from, you know, your Google AdWords. So you might want to hone this on even more particularly. So the goal of a separate landing page, which you can run on platforms like Unbounce, for example, um, 
to have an external web uh, landing page. Um, you can use a tool like that to really, really hone in your messaging, make it simpler, make the call to action much easier to see, um, and it really just makes those campaigns a lot more effective when you know your your homepage or your product pages, etc., are you know a little bit too much. Yep, absolutely. And we'll take one more question. I know they're still coming in. Uh, my question is still confusing. So uh, Hamal asks, uh, my question is how and when to use the landing pages. It's still confusing. Do you really need a plugin or external service to create landing pages? Can you not just use pages with it with with Page Builder? Uh, probably speaking specifically to WordPress. Uh, and yes, I mean yes, you absolutely could. Um, you just want to avoid having it. Uh, sort of either connected to your, your main navigation or uh, your primary navigation of your site. Um, and typically what will happen is that page uh, will uh, also be wrapped around the same amount uh, of styling uh, and, and layout of the rest of the page. And perhaps for a landing page, like Kristen was just saying, some specific page that doesn't have any other distraction on it. Uh, like I know with our themes, uh, we have a template that you can load on every page that's called landing page which strips out all of the stuff uh, surrounding the design of the site. That way you can just go in and type in the content. Um, so just be, uh, just be cautious of that and make sure that the theme actually supports that. Or use a service like Unbounce, uh, which is just made specifically for, for landing pages. Let's see. You want to take one more? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Does it make a difference for the words? Um... One more from Lisa. Does it make a difference for the words word choice in in the headlines when you are creating WordPress posts or pages? Um, that's a great question. Uh, usually the blog posts tie to the headline, so I would um, probably focus in. I mean, I, I I know on my blog specifically, I don't focus in on any keyword stuff uh, because it's more of a podcast thing. Um, so I know I don't, but uh, I'd imagine uh, you'd want to do that for certain content marketing strategies. <laughs> uh, so I guess, the, I guess the answer is it depends. Yeah, I would say especially if, um, Lisa, if you're talking about like WordPress blog posts, for example, I would definitely say, you know, keywords and the word choice in the actual copy definitely matters too because, you know, if you're blogging, you probably have some content strategy behind that. You want to acquire users or, you know, some other goal like that and you obviously want people to convert. So if you're writing a blog post, you want your headline to be really awesome so that they can click on that from whatever channel they came in from, whether it was an email campaign, social media, you know, PPC, whatever you're running. You want people to click on that. So it's just as important as when, you know, you run, um, you know, when you're putting a headline on your homepage, right? So that's how you're, this is how you're bringing people in. So you need to have a great headline regardless. So I wouldn't say, you know, there's any scenario where you should care less about your headlines. It's an awesome answer. Uh, and finally, we're going to wrap it up here. So we just want to say thanks for everybody for joining. Thanks, everybody, for taking the time uh, to, I guess, hang out with us. <laughs> really corny. Really Very corny. corny. Um, so thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, you can get all the resources over our site, uh, thestartupplatform.com slash resources. We're going to add some of the resources here. Uh, and, of course, uh, follow us on Twitter, Twitter. Uh, with our Twitter handles here uh, in the slide. So again, the, the startupplatform.com slash resources. Once this video is done converting, uh, I will also paste that onto the resources page um, so that you can uh, download it or watch it again. Uh, maybe even turn it into an audio uh, download so that you guys can download it and take it for your run uh, if you missed some of it, uh, if you so choose. I don't know why you're laughing, Kristen. Why wouldn't you want to listen to this while you're doing a five-miler? 
Um, so thanks again. Look, if you are somebody who is uh, a consultant, uh, you need some help with this kind of thing on your next project, or you work at a company uh, and you're pulling your hair out because they want you to engage in these types of uh, areas of web marketing and you just simply don't know how to do it, uh, why not uh, uh, hit us up at thestartupplatform.com. Reach out to Kristen and I. Maybe we can help you out on your next project. Uh, there is a contact form there for you to drop us a line if you so choose. Uh, so again, thanks again, thestartupplatform.com slash resources and get the rest of this stuff. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs>